King, King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of Lee Castle, as always, brought to you by Sharp DS Central Coast in season 2023. And we have a cracking episode for you this week, a little bit lighter than uh, we would have normally had with no. Newcastle Rugby League games this weekend to preview. We'll still be pulling apart plenty of the competitions across the region that are ahead of us this weekend. We will catch up with the Statsman, Josh Spiegelman, to pull apart last week's Denton Engineering Cup round and pick out the Statsman's Performers of the Week, thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services. Thanks to Shipley Meats, we'll chat with Will Pearsall of the Entrance Tigers about their recent surge in form and climbing the ladder as well as winning last weekend's Central Coast Derby. We'll chat to Aaron Morris from Lakes United Seagulls in regards to the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and their C-grade Southern Conference team and how they're progressing. And last but not least, we will chat to Jake Fitzpatrick, the captain coach of the reigning premiers of the Central Coast Rugby League, the Tookley Hawks, who are leading the first grade competition down there and just having a chat about the team this year and how they're aiming up and looking ahead for the rest of season 2023. Of course, we'll also touch on the tipping competition and the place to find all the information on linking through to that will be on our Instagram story in the lead up to next week. Uh, if you did want to join in a little bit later than some of the others, you're going to be a little way behind the eight ball, but there's no reason you can't join in the fun. And our Instagram and Facebook are where you find all of our updates and information. And they are League Castle AU on Instagram and League Castle AUS on Facebook. And of course, if you'd rate and review us on your favourite podcast platform that you listen to us on, because that's going to enable us to get out to a wider audience, a wider audience that allows us to attract more businesses to partner with us, which allows us to cover more things and support more different avenues of our wonderful game. But let's get it started and let's chat stats with the stats man. Well, thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services, we are back with another episode of the stats man's Performers of the week, and I am joined by the aristocrat of arithmetic, Josh Spiegelman. Mate, uh, I'm, I'm running out of uh, superlatives for you. Uh, let's see if I can limp my way through the rest of the season. It's going to be a challenge. That's three, three in a row, mate. That's, that's good enough. I'll, I'll let you take a break after that. But it's great to be back. Um, the weekend started on a bit of a dour note. Uh, I was at the Eels Knights game battling a flu, and I only got more sick watching that performance. So. Lucky for us, the, the local competition uh, provided a lot more entertainment than that night did, and, and there's plenty to go through this week. Mate, that shows how organised we are. We were at the same venue on Friday night and didn't even catch up. We, we're going well. Um, it would, <laughs> would have been an overload. That would have been twice in, you know, almost as many weeks. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if we could both handle that that much of each other we, with the hours that we already hang out. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't anyone's finest hour in blue and red. Certainly not uh, the million dollar man. That's for sure. But there were some uh, high-paid and high-billing stars of the Newcastle Rugby League that certainly put on some cracking shows across the weekend. 
Yeah, they definitely did, mate. And um, yeah, sorry we couldn't catch up there. You probably didn't want to be around me with the flu anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the five really good games this week. Uh, pretty, most of them pretty hard to predict as we'll go through the tipping competition later in the show as well. Not many people had a great round there, so um, I guess yeah, the first match, mate, Seth Knocker Malin, the blockbuster down there. So we could talk about that. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I'm, d- I'm just going to call out the uh, elephant in the room that there was some some fairly strong feedback to. Um, and I'll clarify that I make the selections of the uh, matches of the round um, for, you know, and we try to share the love around. I, I know we upset a certain mate long player who wants to have a match of the round every week, but it's, it's not the way we can go. And obviously, uh, must have him a bit rattled because uh, Seth's not got over the top of them 20 to 12, mate. And uh, yeah, they'll, they'll certainly be uh, putting their hand up for top billing alongside Maitland in the, in the rounds to come as they continue to lead the ladder now alone. Yeah, it was great. It was a great um, game to watch, mate. Lots of intensity in this one, as you'd expect, with players of high calibre on both teams. Um, I think it came down to literally holding the ball, mate, and completions. Like, Maitland just put way too much pressure on themselves defensively. Uh, I won't divulge the completion rate, but it's definitely not up to their standards or maths either at the club there. So they'll look to turn that around in the coming weeks. And, and obviously, we know in this comp now, it's so tight, you can't do that against any club, let alone Sethnock, who, as you mentioned, uh, undefeated and they're looking great. They certainly are. They're uh, they're firing even with another reshuffle in the back line this week and moving things around. It was uh, a little bit of a, a different Cessnock side, but uh, something you don't often see. Maitland a little bit uh, wayward, admittedly, due to uh, the challenge of some of the goal kicks, but that proved to be the difference on the scoreboard was um, slotting the ball between the posts in the end, for three conversion attempts and uh, a penalty goal to Lucas Thompson being the gap. Yeah, Lucas Thompson, um, don't know too much about his background, but we know now he's a goal kicker. He's got a big boot on him, really accurate. A lot of uh, Brock Lamb, uh, his conversions were, were, were quite hard, most of them out to the side, but I'm sure he'll want those back. But even if he did nail them, it would have been 20 to 18. Um, but yeah, ready to jump into the honourables, mate, as you can imagine, and the viewers out there with um, this many gun players on either side. We have about five honourables to go through before the point. Yeah, there'll be plenty of honourables, mate. I'm just going to just preface something. I'm going to do some foreshadowing here. You've talked about Lucas Thompson with a big boot. He is not the biggest boot in the real NRL, and we think the challenge has been set, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in one of the other games. But let's get into the honourable mentions. I like that, mate. We definitely will. All right, yeah, so honourables for this game. We'll start uh, with the Maitland winger, Will Newenhouse. Uh, two tries, 111 metres, five tackle busts and a line break, so he continues to impress. Uh, didn't get in the points, but got in our, our first team of the week this week. Uh, we have a stack of Cessnock players here to go through, mate, so... Everyone knows about Braden Musgrove, uh, the centre out there, but uh, filled in with fullback as well. Uh, scored a try, 161 metres, five offloads, six tackle breaks. Uh, also team of the week, number one. Reed Hugo, the second row there, 131 metres, five tackle busts, an offload, 96% defence, two forced errors. Josh Charles, the winger, really strong as always, ball in hand, really tough to bring down for those Maitland players, 175 metres and six tackle busts. And finally, Corey Barber, the front rower, he made the first team of the week as well, starting prop. 35 tackles at 100%, 17 carries, which topped their whole forward pack, 147 metres. So you, you put that sort of stint in against, you know, James Taylor, um, Butterfield and Anderson, and, and you're going to get you're gonna get a shout-out. That's, that's tremendous. Yeah, you certainly are, mate. Um, it's uh, some phenomenal numbers there. Can I just take a moment? Like Lucas Thompson, I'm pretty sure he played a bit of second row down in the Canberra comp previously. That is a massive back five that Cessnock is sporting there. Musgrove, Charles, 
who's played a bit of front row. Thompson, who's a second rower. Anderson, who can play second row. And Hanedi Tua, what he lacks in being as big as those guys is absolutely just rippling muscle and uh, strong as an ox, mate. So that's – mate, those return meters, it's a, it's a job – trying to work against those. And then, you, th- you know, when they're coming in behind that pack with Jai C, Corey Barber, Reed Hugo, you just mentioned, there is a lot of big bodies out on that field. And we know what Maitland's got in the middle as well. Yeah, it's a tremendously large teammate. They, um, they're really hard to handle. We touched on it a week ago or two when they played the score. So if, if you do it right, you use that, the, I guess, the lack of speed advantage. Um, and you, you can exploit that if you're a smaller team, bit speedier, but you have to obviously hold the ball and you have to, uh, get in a position to do so. So, yeah, really hard to handle, mate. That's why you hear each week when we rattle off these numbers, like five-plus tackle busts for these backs are common. Uh, offloads as well, Musgrove, Tua, they're, they're great at second-phase play, and that's because that first contact so hard to handle them, wrap them up, put them to the ground. So, um, yeah, if they can all stay healthy, they're going to be very tough to beat. They are. There's a reason they're on top of the ladder, and it's been the strong performances so far. Interesting to see uh, too hard not on the scoreboard and by the look of it, not in your points either, mate. So let's roll straight into the minor placings of the points. Yeah, we will, mate. Uh, giving a point here to Sam Clune. He's had a great start to the season off that Rebels campaign. So he got um, two try assists and two line break assists in this game. Had a line break of his own and a t- two tackle bust at 10.3 metres of carry. So strong, strong carries there. And he also had a forced dropout. So... Um, Sam continues to impress and him and Harry although Harry's not putting up those individual stats that you, you get on this this show with like obviously everyone knows his experience and their combination together um, leading that team around really well and, and also you know big reason what their completion rate stayed relatively high and, and put them in a position to win this game Certainly did it was a long uh, oh, sorry a big part of what got them there in the long run of that fixture but uh Mate, uh, there was there was a Maitland picker who managed to feature in your top two. He didn't quite take top billing, and not surprisingly, with the result going the way it did. But he's a name very familiar to our listeners, and especially listeners of this segment. Yeah, that's um, Dan Langbridge, the fullback. He's returned fresh off that Touch Championship for Australia, the mixed one, and he he looked uh, hard to handle here as well. Not not the biggest bloke, but obviously very very quick on his feet, very agile. Uh, five tackle busts. A line break, uh, one try assist, two line break assists, a further line break contribution, and 144 metres, which was the best out of the entire Maitland backline, and really, really safe at the back again for the most part. So I thought he was influential for them, and, and you know, a reason why the scoreline was closer. Yeah, he certainly slotted straight back in with a plum, and looks like he hasn't missed a beat being away with the touch football, mate. Uh, and uh, will continue to be a key cog in their run and undoubted uh, extra motivation now that they've got at Maitland in terms of trying to dethrone the, the new ladder leaders in Cessnock. But it was a, uh, a well-known name, uh, formerly out of the blue and red camp of the Newcastle Knights, and, geez, they could do with him at the moment, but he is absolutely picking it apart through the middle of the ruck for Cessnock at the moment. He is, mate. That's Luke Huss. Just, um, you know, why is this guy not at a high level? I mean, we, we love it, him being here, um, looking at what the Knights have on the books, but it's unbelievable. He scored a try, uh, two tackle busts and a line break. Um, but most importantly, though, in a game like this against opposition, he had the game high 53 tackles, and not at 80% or 90%, but 95%. 53 tackles at 95%. You know, he's not the biggest bloke, real strong, but against that pack, Maitland at the benchmark, basically have been for years, and one forced error. So, um, couldn't go past giving Luke the three points there when you add in the offensive contribution on top of that incredible defense. 
That's a huge defensive workload. So to put any offensive stats up after that is uh, is really impressive, and it shows why um, Harry Saker was so keen to get him on board this year. And I'm sure most of the other clubs, um, you know, he's a, a key part of who who you're targeting and who you're trying to figure out how to close down uh, when you take on this Cessnock side. But there's threats everywhere, and uh, as we said, that's why they now after. Six rounds are the only undefeated side at the top of the ladder, so uh, the competition's alive and well heading into the break weekend. Exactly, mate. Yeah, he's a he's a linchpin for that team, and um, yeah, first on the game sheet probably that him and the halves are shut down. But uh, when you start, to be honest, we've we've addressed every position for them, mate. They're thrown across the park, so let's hope Cessnock can stay healthy, huh? Yeah, exactly right, mate. Let's move on to the Lakes West game. And uh, this is another one that stumped plenty of tipsters. 17-14 again. Goal kicking and the field goal from Dylan Pythian uh, being the difference. Good to see him uh, back and fit in the lineup. Uh, that halves combination of Pythian and Kelly looking very dangerous uh, with Lakes getting home by three points there over West at home. And uh, they'll be pumped to have got the win at Carl Oval in front of their faithful. Yeah, they would definitely made and much like last game, um, a big difference here was the completion rates as well. Lakes have been trying really hard all year to, I guess, put two halves together where the completions are at a good percentage at the end of it. And then this game was the first time they've done that. So they'll be thrilled to get ahead of West. Like West have improved a lot this year from last year and they're close in most games. Um, like this game could have gone their way, but yeah, just, just couldn't get those, those key moments over the line. So... We do have a number of West players, though, in the Honourables, as you'd expect in such a close game. So I'll just start off with their winger, Tyler Moody. He had a great try assist where he was getting bundled into, into touch, in the end goal, sorry. Flicked a miraculous offload back um, in their second row of score. But on top of that, he had his own line break, two tackle busts, two offloads and 96 metres. Pardon me. Their uh, prop forward, Jake Goodwin, makes another appearance in the Honourables with 28 tackles at 97%. 139 metres from 17 carries to top the team in both of those categories and three tackle busts. Ben Stone, as you expect as always, 40 tackles, 120 metres, two tackle busts. And their edge, their second row, number 11, Will Meehan, or Meehan, uh, one try, 103 metres, six tackle busts to lead the team, a line break and 34 tackles. So um, well done to those four uh, West boys. We also have two from the Lakes for an honourable honourable. Yeah, good to see the West boys putting up some good numbers. Uh, and young Tyler Moody, we talked to Ryan Stig about him the other week alongside uh, their half in, in Max Badiris. Um, yeah, certainly uh, good to see uh, those names, I guess those legacy Knights names, uh, Knights or Eels depending, which is very appropriate for the weekend we just had uh, across many of the grades, including one of the junior representative grand finals. Um, that uh, good to see young Tyler coming into his own, and that was absolutely magical watching that uh, back, and it was up on the highlights on our Instagram story. Yeah, it definitely was, mate. It was uh, it was good to see him out there. He's um, getting better with each game he gets to run on. So uh, we'll just move on to the two Lakes boys to get an honourable, and that's another winger for Lakes here, Carl Randall. He played on that wing, scored a try with three tackle busts, a line break, 96 metres, same as Moody. And then you have James Johnson, the Lakes centre, who's back from the Broncos uh, extended, I guess we say squad or development, um, played first game for Lakes this year. He had a barnstorming eight tackle busts, an offload, 104 metres, um, in a great effort uh, in centre. So well done to James and Carl. Yeah, certainly uh, can't hurt for the Seagulls to be having James Johnson and also Caleb Faulkner back from the Knights New South Wales Cup this week. So um, although based on how they perform, made a bit like the first grade, uh, he might find himself dragged back in very quickly. <laughs> yeah, probably, mate. The Knights probably need that help. Um, we'll move on to the point, though. Uh, the minor placing here. and 
pretty tough to give this guy a minor placing for 48 tackles at 91%, a try assist and a line break assist is Dan Peck. Um, usually he finds himself in and amongst the points. So well done to Dan. And when we go on to the two and three, you'll understand why he only got the one. But yeah, tough, tough go. But uh, congrats on the one point. Yeah, Dan, a uh, regular feature, especially in the sort of ones and twos. He just accumulates a lot of points and tends to be sort of around the, I, I would suggest probably around the sort of cusp of the top five to ten in the last couple of years. So um, as he continues to build that, if he can just uh, add a few more stats, unfortunately for him, it seems sometimes when Lakes go on and have a good result that a couple of others just put up some bigger numbers, which probably cruels him having finished in maybe the top three the last couple of years. Yeah, that's right, mate. And that was the case here as well. So, uh, we're going to give the two points to Ryan Potts, the Lakes, I guess, utility, because he started. We came off the bench in number 14. Uh, they started with Carl Kingston at fullback this game, but he got injured early in the match, so Potts came on and played uh, most of the time at fullback, like his brother Blake, who was absent this game. Anyway, he came on 229 metres at 12.1 a carry without any, like, you know, 80, 90 metre runs. So that's, if you remember last year, the record in this comp's 277 metres set by um, Soaps, but 229 metres, I think it's probably at least in the top 10. We, are, we don't see many over 225, so uh, tremendous effort at 12.1 a carry. Uh, four tackle busts, a line break, and three offloads to go along with that uh, secured him the two points. That's two points, you tell me. That's not three points. That's two points just putting up those sorts of numbers. So... Um, and not even in 80 minutes, which is just phenomenal. Uh, the Potts family continue to uh, just uh, keep ch- chalking out the points and no surprises or, or possibly surprising. But those two gentlemen in the opposite order last week were the uh, minor placings in the Lakes loss to South. So uh, very consistent, both Ryan and Dan. But uh, last week it was a South player that outpointed them. It looks like it's going to be a Seagulls clean sweep of all the points here, who is it that's put up the big numbers that are going to somehow manage to eclipse a phenomenal showing from Ryan Potts? Yeah, mate, that's Lake's fearless leader, um, Nick Glowey. Uh, so the try that sealed the win for Lakes, that's obviously a big stat. You've also got 178 metres from 21 carries, a line break, three tackle bust and offload, which is all fair and well and fantastic. And then you throw in 93% on defence with 41 tackles. That's enough for me to get the three points, mate, on both sides of the ball. Really important workhorse effort and well-deserving of the three points. He is an absolute machine, Big Nick. We know that. And there's a reason he is a uh, international rugby league player for a Tier 2 nation, which doesn't sound that impressive when you put it like that. But it's it's a serious um, you know, piece of consideration uh, in terms of – and I just wanted to touch on, mate, uh, in terms of we were talking about some of those players coming back in for Lakes – some of the players that are now that have been playing their trade in first grade that are now dropping down into Lakes Reserve grade and starting to build that depth there when you've got young Blake Potts, uh, Regan Glover, Tommy Dixon all playing in the reserve grade squad um, because of those players coming back. So some real real depth coming in there at Lakes, which is great to see as they uh, continue to build their way back up the ladder. Yeah, and that's what they want to do, mate, build the depth. They haven't had that for a while, and I think you know better than me. Most are, I think, are local juniors, right? That's a big, big thing for them there, so... Yeah, it's looking up, mate. That's good stuff at Lakes. Yeah, certainly. I think all of those, barring Tommy Dixon, all are from the local area. So, yeah, great to see. And uh, I'm sure Blake and co. will be fighting their way back and trying to claw their way back into some first-grade jerseys and won't be too far away from that. So it's a good challenge for Ian Burke to have there. But let's move on to the third of the fixtures from last weekend. And this one, while the winner probably went with the majority of the tipsters, the margin might have surprised a few after the recent form of Central. Central on the road lost by a solitary point 
to the Macquarie Scorpions, 19-18 out at Lyle Peacock Field. And, and it was a, a central side with quite a few changes to their, their usual sort of top 17. Yeah, I um, don't doubt that if there was a line set of this game at the bookies that the punters would have probably lost. Um, they probably would have taken Scorps on the minus, but Central did um, did a great job here, mate. As you touched on, some some new faces we haven't seen before. So yeah, well done to Stephen Dengate on debut at five eight, um, and then Lachlan O'Brien. He shifted from second row into hooker uh, to cover Joey Morris, uh, and then also Nick Ritter didn't play as well. So Sam Fechner, I think formerly of Curry, played in jersey number eight. So uh, well done to Central for keeping that close, and unfortunately they didn't get the win, but. You know, Scorps went without their effort too, mate. They lost their workhorse, uh, Connor Kirkwood, at one stage in the match. Had to play on without him. So you couple that with uh, Luke Higgins not playing as well. That's two of their, uh, I guess, arguably biggest workers, or at least statistically, um, they're gone. So they had to have different people put up their hands in the middle, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, game could have gone either way, as the scoreline suggests. Uh, I guess well done to Karen for icing it with that field goal. Yeah, it certainly showed the experience stepping up there to win it. Um, maybe we talked about it, and you talked about um, a couple of those players playing out of position. I don't know whether they're in, whether he's in your honourable mentions, but we can't go away from the massive kick that was put downfield, and I'll, I'll let you build that into your honourable mentions as part of it if you can. I will, mate. I'll leave that uh, bloke to the last honourable. We have a fair few other honourables to get through in this game. Uh, I alluded to the top. Uh, Steve, Steve Dengate on debut young fella in the sixth of Central. I'm lucky not to get a point, to be fair, mate, um, but I just missed out five tackle busts, a try assist, a line break assist, 33 tackles at 89%, and a forced dropout. So, um, yeah, I'm lucky not to get a point, but he made the second team of the week, which is just fantastic on debut. So, well done to him. you got Ethan Campbell, who come into the uh, second row for O'Brien, who played hooker. He had 37 tackles, 116 metres, three tackle busts, and a line break. Uh, Greg Morris-Davis, uh, the centre there, uh, played centre this game, obviously played fullback a while ago with Spider out. He scored a try, had five tackle busts, the line break, 124 metres, which topped their team and 100% defence. He was going to get a point, but unfortunately he just lost his cool at the end of the game and was binned for a high shot uh, after a bit of a confrontation. So um, that sort of thing just, just misses him out of a point, but he still made the second team of the week, which is great. Uh, two Scorps boys we'll get into really quick. Royce Jeffrey, a try, four tackle busts, 122 metres. And uh, Rocky Togatuki, the front rower, who was one of those guys that stepped up and took a fair bit of the workload that um, Kirkwood left behind when he got injured. 143 metres, a line break, two tackle busts, 90% defence. Both those Scorps players get in the second team of the week. And a final honourable mention, and the person that we'll build up to, mate, is none other than Lachlan O'Brien, who played number nine, the usual second rower. And would you like to tell everyone what he did? Well, mate, if anyone that's watched the story, I think yesterday you might have had it up. Uh, you put it up there as a 30-10. And then, you know, my maths brain, as, we, as you and I both share in common, we do like to crunch our numbers. We worked out by approximate position on the field that it was about a 27-9 and then once we worked out the actual maths on it, for round numbers, it's basically a 70-metre kick finding touch. That is an absolutely booming kick. While not the biggest kick you'll ever see, to get it on the right angle and nail that there is absolutely phenomenal from a guy who doesn't normally play as a primary or even secondary kicker in a side. It was absolutely huge. I don't know what the conditions were like in terms of wind behind him or anything like that, but it's not like it was one of those balls that, you know, there was a torrential wind and they put it up in the wind and it's just taken it. 
He just nailed it perfectly end over end, picked the angle, and it was absolutely phenomenal to get a 70-metre kick. So, yeah, as we said, a 27-9. Doesn't have the same ring to it as a 40-20, but, wow, that's impressive from Lockie O'Brien. Yeah, massively impressive, mate. That wasn't a gale force wind or anything behind it either. So, yeah, uh, I don't say let's see if he can do it again because that's more of a one-off thing, but that's that's one to cherish in the career, mate. Not many people can say they've done that, so... Great, great for Lockie. Um, he also had a try assist, a line break contribution as well as 37 tackles at 93%. So uh, you add in that 37 tackles and the 40, 20 or 30 or 28, 7, whatever it was, 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 uh, was I've lost the numbers. There's too many in my head, but uh, that was sometime later in the match. So he's obviously fatigued by that point as well. So um, good stuff. Look, I'm, I'm sure coaches won't like to hear this, but I'm going to put out the challenge and um, we, we, we will have the uh, – we'll set that as the benchmark for the 40-20 of the year. Um, and I'm sure you'll report back if anyone else gets close to it during the season. But uh, Lockie O'Brien set the post. It's kind of like someone going out and breaking the Javelin world record uh, in the first round of throws. Uh, let, let's see if anyone can throw down a 40-20 to match that um, in terms of it during the season. And if you're doing it in the lower grades, guys, in the reserve grade of the 19s that are filmed – or any of the other competitions that are filmed and you can submit video evidence, we will take that un- under advisement as well, mate. So uh, I'll try and see if we can come up with a, some sort of minor prize or uh, award for, for that later in the year to uh, go amongst, I know, a few other things that we've got in the works because it's just one of those e- reasonably easily easily measurable and uh, pretty cool uh, uh, things that we have in our game. And, yeah, to put out a booming one like that is, um, yeah, certainly impressive and sets the bar high. Uh, we'll also take weather in under advisement on that as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. That sounds good. We'll monitor that going forward and, and keep a log on it. Um, we'll move into the points now. And, uh, yeah, un- unfortunately, it was a clean sweep for the Scorps here. Uh, that's no, by no means, uh, I guess, a slight at Central and, and how they played. Obviously, a very close game. Uh, a lot of those Central boys were unlucky not to get into the points that I've just rattled off as well. Um, but we'll give a, we'll give me a point to Matt Cooper here, the fullback for the Scorps. Been great the last couple of weeks, the whole season, really. Uh, try assist, two line break assist, 119, and nine tackle breaks. So he's um, nearly reaching uh, Hanetti Tour as the tackle break leader in this comp, really hard to handle. Uh, and you add in that um, try assist and the two line break assist, really important to his team in no errors. So great stuff for Matt. Uh, quickly into the two points, uh, Cody Krauser, their winger. Uh, he scored a try, had three tackle busts, 159 metres he. He's one of their biggest meter eaters. He's not the biggest bloke either. He's just really explosive. But the thing that got him for the two points for me, four line breaks. So that's um, that's a big stat there, four line breaks, not just uh, catch and runs either. Some of them were, were harder that he had to work on himself. So well done to Cody. And uh, the three points is going to Baden Searle, their half. He scored a great individual try with a line break, two tackle bust. Also had two line break assists. Two try contributions, two line break contributions. Uh, he did get binned late in that altercation, I said, but in this case, he wasn't the instigator. It didn't cost his team. They still got the penalty. He was just coming to defend his mate, so that didn't wasn't enough for me to dock him the points. Um, well done to Baden, Cody, and Matt. Yeah, that, that'll see Baden uh, make a move up the board because I know he's polled points a couple of other weeks, so we'll have a look at that when we get to the leaderboard in a moment. But he's been a consistent performer, and uh, yeah, it was uh, really cruel when we saw him uh, out with that broken leg in, in recent seasons. So um, yeah, great to see him back and firing it for the Scorps and a, a big part of getting them home. It's uh, certainly uh, going to be an interesting run for a couple of sides, uh, and they're not one of them, but one of the sides that's going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks in terms of some consistency of performance is going to be 
the entrance, and they got a crucial win, the second Central Coast derby of season 2023. I've skipped a game, but we'll come back, mate. I apologise. I've just realised. Uh, the entrance, 20, defeated Wyong, 8, uh, down at Edsac Oval. So both sides taking bragging rights on their home turf. But, uh, yeah, the entrance, the beast that is the entrance and their monster forward pack continues to roll on. They do, mate, and, um, you know, the first half, they, they got that ascendancy early. They completed 15 of their first 16 sets. Uh, they scored three tries to nil in the process, basically the, the tries they scored in the game. So, you know, Wyong, a bit of a slow start there, a bit of a first-half blunder. Um, you can't do that against any team in this comp, really, and especially your, your big rivals who are already on a roll. So they got that roll on, mate. They just kept going, and they, they held them out. Uh, Wyong scored like the, the last set of the game, so it was actually 20 to, I think, 4 or 6, or 20 to 4, like right at the end. So went on to the entrance, um, got a couple of honourables to get through here. Uh, their second row, Jacob Koenig, uh, one try, a line break, two tackle busts, 134 metres, which was second most in their team, and 25 tackles. Uh, their captain, Ryan Doherty, uh, captain's knock, 110 metres, 38 tackles at 95%, just always solid. Uh, and then one honourable to uh, Wyong with Mitch Williams uh, scored a great individual try from dummy half and a line break, 32 tackles, one forced error and five key kick pressures. So well done to Mitch, Jacob and Ryan uh, in the honourables. And uh, yeah, we can move on to the points when you're ready. Yeah, well, let's keep on pushing through, mate. Some really good numbers there and no surprise, Mitch Williams there or thereabouts when it comes to the points. But after, um, yeah, as you said, a game that the scoreline probably could have been worse for Wyong had they not got that late try. No surprise that it's three Tigers taking the points and uh, one who will be a guest on the show later th- later on in this episode. He will, mate. That is the guy that's getting the three points. But uh, the guy that's getting one point is their bench forward. And it's not Toby Key this week like last week. It was Miles Lee Toeli who was uh, mentioned, I think, two weeks ago with a point as well. Another great impact. A try off the bench with a line break, two tackle busts, two offloads, 121 metres at 10.1 a carry, 21 tackles at 95%, uh, solid all over with some great attacking stats. And the two points goes to their winger this game, can't keep up, he's fullback, then he's centre, now he's winger, Grant Nelson, with a try, 149 metres, which topped their team, one line break, three tackle busts, and importantly, no errors. So well done to Grant and Miles. That's some solid numbers from Grant. Again, a bit like Mitch Williams and some other, a few other names that just keep keep chipping away, keep popping up. You've, you're more surprised when they're not around the points in the honourable mentions than when they are. And it doesn't seem to matter what jersey he's wearing or where he's popping up on the field for them. He does a great job. But the next man who's got the three points, he has been an absolute fixture since their return to the Newcastle Rugby League. And he's been a fixture when the entrance have won towards the top of the points leaderboard. And so no real surprise, but... No less impressive his appearance at the uh, maximum end of the points in this one. That's right, mate. That's Will Pearsall, who will be the guest later in the week as well. And I gave the points before I heard the, who the guest was, so no one can get at me for that. But um, he was great this game, mate. Him and Jack Burrison have formed a nice combination there, and it seems to be kind of similar to Clune and Syker at Seth Knock. Like one week, one of them puts up like good statistical numbers. Like obviously, both put up good stats, but like one that pops out on the page. So this week it was Will. Uh, with a try assist, two try contributions. So he's basically had his hand in all three of the, of the Tigers' tries. A uh, line break assist, a line break contribution, and two forced dropouts, which is very important to build that pressure. Uh, so well done to Will. That's a, that's a great game. Good control. 
Yeah, that force dropout stat's often underestimated, especially in a, in a lower scoring game like this one and like a couple of them across the weekend. It can be so crucial just in terms of building fatigue and things, even if it's not scoring at that point later in the game, it builds up. So uh, well done to Will and uh, looking forward to having a chat and getting to know a little bit more about Will and, and the Tigers and how they're shaping for the season ahead at a third of the way through the season. But before we get to them, there's one game I did miss on Saturday because... I can't just read through a list of five things in order because I'm, I'm apparently at that level even on a Monday. South Newcastle, comprehensive winners, 40-16 to 16 over Curry. Uh, we know it's been a challenging season in terms of player numbers with suspensions and injuries for Curry and uh, a few other names and a few reshuffles in their lineup in terms of uh, the way they took the field. But, uh, look, South's just a very classy outfit when they're firing on all cylinders, mate. They are made indeed, and, and similar to the last game as well. It's all about well, most of the games, completions, 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 and doing it early, building that lead and that pressure. So South started 12 for 12, uh, gave Curry absolutely nothing. Um, and by that uh, the fir- end of the first half, it was 28 nil. So that goes to show the hole that um, Curry were in. They didn't play terribly. South just played really well, um, executing great during the game. They won the ruck pretty early as well and didn't really let go of it in too many patches. Um, but we did see something from Curry that we haven't really seen. Um, sorry, in, in the uh, this season so far, was that resilience, a little bit of resilience at the back end of a game. Usually, they, you know, okay periods of the first half and, and fall away in the second. But they, 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 you know, came together. They scored those sixteen points and a um, couple line breaks, better completion rate at the back half. So still yet to put a full eighty, but um, you know, it's harder probably in the back end when you're fatigued and you've been, you know, slogged basically for. 50, 60 minutes to do that. So promising signs, hopefully, for Curry, mate. But um, uh, got an honourable for them. Uh, their hooker, Brock Portsmouth, had a try, a line break and a try assist, a line break assist and six key kick pressures. So he was pretty busy as well. Um, but we will jump into, as you can imagine, most of the honourables are South boys. Before, before we get into the South's honourables, mate, I do just want to touch on one thing, a name that has been in their side most of the season um, and wasn't there this week. And that's young Mason Metcalf, who actually played in the SG Ball Grand Final and got a try. So hopefully, uh, even though it wasn't winning form, hopefully that comes back. And, you know, it's pretty impressive at his age that he's starting in the back row um, of this first grade side. We quite often see players come into the backs and in the halves and different things. At a young age, we saw Taj Blackman, who's also in that side, come in for Lakes last year. But um, something that's, yeah, I guess probably a little underestimated in terms of young Mason Metcalf is how young he is uh, coming in and, you know, being a key presence in this curry pack. So hats off to him and well done getting a try. And hopefully uh, he comes back with a, a bit more experience in big games, uh, adding to uh, this side curry because they're, um, yeah, they're looking for some more young leaders and um, some of these guys to step up. Yeah, exactly, mate. They've got um, a bit a bit of depth around that back row and lock position that they, they didn't have in, in previous years with injuries and whatnot. So, you obviously, you've got uh, Tamburini there, played edge this game, usually a lock. Uh, Tanavasa, who we'll touch on later at lock, and, and uh, Waitapu at second row as well, who had a pretty good game. So, yeah, you throw Metcalf back in with a few other pieces and um, just got to settle on a, on a consistent team, hope they perform and... You know, they've got all the potential in the world, mate. Let's hope, um, you know, a couple of losses, which is to be expected when you're young. Young team won't, won't get their heads down too much. So uh, we will move on to the South players in the Honourables. Uh, all of these players made the uh, second team of the week. So Lewis Hamilton, two tries, nine metres of carry, 100% defence, 25 tackles, one forced error. Big Simo, Brendan Simpson, the prop, with a try, a line break, two tackle bust, 115 metres at 10.5 a carry. 
and 94% defense that those carries from Simo were, were really powerful this game. He, he came into play this one. Um, Travis Peterson, uh, their center, maybe the first appearance in first grade this season. I, I could be wrong. Uh, hasn't played for a while, though. Uh, in first, two tries, six tackle busts and a line break. And repowered the ever-dependable fullback with a try assist, two line break assists, two tackle busts, 106 meters, and 20 supports. So... I uh, like those support push stats. Fullbacks are expected to get more than most, but in this league, the average you see is around 10 to 15. So when you hit that 20-plus mark, it is good stuff. It certainly is. Uh, he is absolutely coming into his own, Reeve Howard. I'm just having a look, and I, I haven't taken the time to have a look at the Play Rugby League site for this game up until now. What is Bobcat doing with his team name, the way he's listed don't, his team? <laughs> Justin Affleck at halfback. <laughs> Don't worry, it caused me a headache when I was doing the PowerPoint pack. But I looked at it and I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> so, yeah, Glanville, Glanville at 13, obviously come in and played half. And then I just chucked Affleck in lock because it's pretty interchangeable and that, that pack made. So, uh, yeah, I, I, got- I, I assumed as much. And then you had obviously Jason Boney in the seven coming off the bench, who is, is a bit of a veteran of the, uh, the Newcastle competition, predominantly in the lower grade. So good to see him getting a little uh, taste in first grade. And from the highlights I saw, he certainly didn't look out of place when he was out there. Yeah, and he scored a great try as well off um, another veteran, Connor Brown, a great offload by the line. And, and Boney backed up with one of those key supports and, and dove over. So that must have been a really nice moment for him to get a, a meat pie in first. And another nice moment was seeing our mate Tim Christie uh, get another meat pie, mate. So he's on a bit of a roll now, two, two, two weeks in a row. TC will not be able to get through doorways if he scores a third week in a row. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just having a look at the draw. Uh, a lot of work for the West boys, which is good. So that might be Stevie Witters just trying to shut him down. Which Those two, geez, I think they'll be too busy just giving each other giving each other stick to be uh, worrying about scoring meat pies. But, um, yeah, hopefully Stevie can get one over TC and just balance things back out a little bit. I think um, I think they're all matching up on the same side if it sticks as well because TC was the right winger of this game and, and Witters played left centre, I think. That'll be worth the price of admission alone. I might have to get myself to Harker Oval in a couple of, in a couple of weeks' time. So, Anyway, we'll keep on moving on, mate. Let's get into the points here. Uh, we can wax lyrical about the illustrious TC, but everyone can listen to last week's episode and uh, hear the bromance there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, my sweet as mate. Um, giving a point to the Curry Lock we mentioned earlier, Dayton Tanabasa. He's really impressive, mate. Little nugget of a bloke, really hard to handle. He scored a try. Had the line break with the try. 114 metres and 14 runs. 33 tackles, which topped their team at the 97% mark. And that, to me, was enough to give him a point uh, in a losing side, 40 to 16, if you're tackling at 97% with offensive output. That's definitely a point. He's been a machine for them this year. A good pick-up um, alongside the Suli boys, who we've also had in the honourable mentions and the points and teams of the week. So... Um, it's great to be able to give a shout-out to some of these guys that are consistently performing and you know, hopefully are going to become fixtures of the Newcastle Rugby League and hopefully for Curry's sake they can retain them for a few years to come and you know, build what it looks like, um, you know, some promising young uh, imports into their pack alongside some of the good juniors they've got coming through the system as well. Definitely, mate. Yeah, we touched on it. The, the, the things are looking brighter for Curry. Just hope they can retain players and they, they just you know, build with experience, but... Uh, talking of experience, we'll go to the two points, and that's um, the experienced man and makeshift number seven, Ryan Glanville. 101 metres, so strong runner, as always. A try assist, a line break assist, a try contribution, a line break, three tackle busts, three offloads, 100% defence, which is uh, well-deserving of the two points for Ryan. And we will move into the three points quickly. 
Uh, Harry Croker, fresh back from New South Wales Cup, he played. He did. He was named, and he played in the centre in this game with a plethora of edges and forwards. Two line breaks, four tackle busts, a try assist off a great kick regather. Um, beautiful work in the air there. Four offloads, all effective this week, which is very important. Ineffective can lead to errors, obviously, if they dribble along the ground or, or they're just not um, not thought out well enough. 167 metres to top their team at 15.2 a carry. And I won't forget this week, so I usually forget, he also kicked the goal. So he had six for seven conversions. So that's enough for the three points for me. Mate, uh, I just feel for, and I don't know whether it was Jesse White or Josh Griffiths, and, you know, look, if it was Josh Griffiths, he's not exactly a small body himself, but that is a uh, that is a fairly big body coming at you on the edge out there. We talked about the Cessnock boys before, but Harry's big, he's mobile, he's got good hands. We saw what he did the other week against Central, that magical flick pass that I still, I've watched it about 25 times, and I still haven't figured out how he got the ball out of there. But, um, yeah, that's that's an absolute handful on that edge, and, um, yeah, look, he sounds like he's taken to the centre position with a plom, which... Uh, is uh, nervy moments for any of those centres trying to force their way back through from, from the strong South Reserve grade side? Yeah, it definitely is, mate. But it's great flexibility Bobcat has with their lineup. Um, that they, they've, yeah, they've got they put a good team together, mate. It's just about staying on the park and and those completions. Like I think we'll end the show with just talking about completions because you could see this week the winners that there was a huge discrepancy in some games between the winners and the losers in that regard. So what it comes down to, mate, is hold the footy. Look, I'm not going to tell the uh, illustrious brains trust of 11 men who lead these teams around how to do things, but or, nor, nor the 17 players that take the field each week for the 10 teams. But it's a simple game at the end of the day, and it's amazing, you know, completions, missed tackles, kick to the corner sort of stuff. Like, that's, I mean, it's it's not everything, but it's a big part of this game as um, your illustrious night showed on the weekend, mate. Um, you know, eight missed tackles from one bloke in the first half, and you're pushing shit uphill to get home. I think Joey said there was um, ten. Was it ten line breaks in the first half? I was too depressed to even look at those stats. I was Some, someone someone messaged me the stat that Caelan Ponga missed eight tackles in the first half. I mean, how does he not? You want to work out how many thousands score? of dollars? How many thousands of dollars per missed tackle that is? <laughs> uh, well, well, for round numbers, if he played every game without being concussed for half the season, it's about seven thousand dollars a missed tackle. So, look. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about you, mate. I didn't miss very many tackles in my career because I learned the uh, key piece very early in my career is you can't have a missed tackle if you don't attempt it. <laughs> so I hope you're listening, yeah, well, KP. That's, um, that's, that's problematic, especially if you played forward. It, when I was in the back, it was a bit easier. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, now, mate, the, the thing I want to touch on before we wrap up and get into the tipping is the anomaly in the draw. We know there's a buy next weekend, which means that you've got a, a general buy for the whole competition because of the city country, which means that you've got a nice weekend off. For those playing at home Thursday night, West and South, the lower grade games from earlier in the year will be played Thursday night at Harker Oval, I believe. So there's an opportunity for you to get out and enjoy some local footy if you weren't already um, you know, stressed about your fix for the weekend, Newcastle and Hunter and other competitions on as well. But if you're Cessnock, Curry, and the entrance, how do you approach the next two weeks where not only is there a general buy, but then there's only four games next week to even out the buys over the season? So there's teams that have now that will now spend essentially three weeks between games. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, mate. That's, uh, I don't envy the, the coaches and the training staff having to plan people through that, but best of luck. Going to yeah. be tough. Well, Cessnock will stay on top of the ladder for the time being. And uh, look, you know, Bubba and Lakes might be eyeing that one up because Curry in the entrance, they both have a bye next week but then play each other the next week so they're in similar situations. Cessnock, though, 
that big gap off as they sit atop the table and a lake side that are, that are full of form and um, up in their local derby next week or the week after against Central. So interesting to watch. Um, you know, again, it might just be another consideration for the tipsters, but I know you'll be at uh, a lost end, mate. Not only is there no Denton Engineering Cup, there's no Knights in the NRL Magic Round. There's also no Knights New South Wales Cup. They somehow aligned with the buy as well. So... I did see some snaps of a few of the boys. I believe a few are going to Magic Round. I saw Bradman Best in Bali, mate. I'm not sure if that's what you wanted to be seeing after uh, what happened on Friday night. <laughs> mate, he could take another 16 with him and stay there for a few months if he wants. Just, just, bring, just, boys just send 17 random blokes back from Bali. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter who they are, mate. They'll, uh, they'll probably uh, miss seven tackles in the first half. <laughs> and and, and it, only cost you, it only cost you $12 each for the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, cheap shit. I actually mine up in the draw myself. That's uh, thanks for letting us know. Yeah, the uh, that that uh, round seven when those three teams are on a bye, the Knights come back and play the Titans on Sunday the fourteenth of May. So everyone in, in Newcastle, you can get it to a game. There's three games on the Saturday, and then you can head to the Knights on Sunday if you wanted. Or if you're not, I was going to say, mate, the Knights versus the Titans or Central versus Lakes. I know where I'm leaning. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's a preferable option. The career, <laughs> the career cup, mate. That's that's what you that's where you want to be. There's probably better quality to be seen in that game, I reckon, mate. That's uh, that's for sure. Now you've said that. Yeah, certainly, mate. But as I said, plenty of other footy on this weekend, so do get down and support that. But tipping, mate, uh, there's been lots of perfect rounds all through the first five rounds, but the, the third of the way the third of the way through the season, Mark, round six has stumped all but a very small number. It has, mate. Uh, only one person got a perfect round, Tom Robertson, who moves up to equal 20th on 23 points, equal with yourself, in fact, mate. So, uh, the leaderboard... I was going to say, he'll go past me really quickly because I'm heading rapidly in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) The leaderboard still has uh, Butterfield at the top. Didn't have his best week, but he holds on to a narrow lead now at 34. And then Linz on 33 followed by yours truly on 31, and then a couple 28, 27, 26, we go down the board. So still anyone's game. Uh, the majority is still tipping, I see, which is great. Um, yeah, best of luck, uh, everyone. Yeah, have a week off. Yeah, certainly um, enjoy the week off, guys, because um, it's going to be frenetic on the way home. Butts is starting to slip, so that target on his back weighing heavily. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly, I, I think if, he, if he's still leading at the midway point, we might try and get him on the show. What do you reckon, Josh? Oh, I think so, mate. Yeah, let's, so, uh, let's get let, him on. Let, let's, put that up. let's put up that up there. Whoever's leading after nine rounds, we will give you an invite to come on the show and join the Statsman segment for a, uh, a short piece uh, around that round nine, round ten sort of mark as we, um, as we can work out. So uh, there's a few technical pieces, as Josh and I were talking about, with getting multiple guests on at once, but we'll try and iron that out and... Uh, Get it to happen, mate, because I think that'd be good fun to have. Um, you know, no, no offense to all of our, our wonderful footballer guests, but to have a, a, a genuine fan or you know one of those sort of people that are supporters of the clubs on the show for a bit of a different perspective. Yeah, that'd be great, mate. We won't get them to divulge the tips because it'll give everything away, but maybe their thought process and their experience with the local comp, who they are and why they, who they follow and how they think. So that'd be great. Yeah, um, mate, look, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them to give their tips because, you know, at the end of the day, it'll be like those people on the tab because, you know, when I used to work in the bookie world and you, you've been on the other side of the fence here but probably not seen this, some of those guys that give you your tips on the tab when you're watching the racing, that's not who they bet on on the weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> they're giving you a bum steer, just be warned. But anyway, that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, mate, a big thank you to you as always. Uh, enjoy your week off next week. 
you will get a gap from the show because there's no recap. So we'll have a shorter show. We'll still have a preview chat with um, someone from one of the teams yet to be confirmed who that'll be. Uh, but, yeah, you'll, you'll get to have the weekend off, mate, the weekend from the Knights as well. So, you know, you'll be able to avoid Bunnings and buying rope or anything else like that. So it's good. It's good. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm very confident after a Raiders win, aren't I? God, that's a very dark note to finish, but uh, it's the way things... <laughs> that's the way of the world, unfortunately, at the moment, mate. But the great news is, you know, even the Tigers can win, so anything's possible. Hey, that's the way, mate. That's great to see. Good to see. All right, mate. Well, enjoy your week off. We look forward to catching up with you in two weeks again to pull apart round seven and all the stats performers of the week. But in the meantime, of course, everyone get down, support your other sides this weekend. And, uh, yeah, again, a big thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services for bringing us the Statsman's performers of the week. And thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right, time to dig into the Denton Engineering Cup with our guest. Thanks to Shipley Meets at Rutherford. And this week, after a massive Central Coast derby in the Denton Engineering Cup, it is time to have a chat to former Newcastle Knight and now the entrance Tigers half, Will Pearsall. Will, welcome to League Castle. Yeah, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, you're a man who's, uh, as, as I touched on there, you've, you've played at the highest level, but you found a home at the entrance over the last few years. And certainly uh, it looks like, based on results and, and performances, been enjoying the entrance being part of the Denton Engineering Cup and, and sort of playing at that level. Yeah, yeah. It's actually my junior club. So I kind of went back to um, where it all started when I finished up. Um, but yeah, going along nicely. Um, four on the trot now. So yeah, coming along well. Mate, and uh, on the weekend, it's always extra sweet, and especially after they knocked you off in round one uh, to knock over the, the bit of a, a Central Coast derby that exists now in the Denton Engineering Cup with yourselves and Wong. Nice to get the uh, the victory over over the ruse. Yeah, really good. Yeah, they got us um, that first round and both games last year too. So 3-1 really um, over the last couple of years. So, yeah, we've still got a couple more to win against them. And mate, being some, the finals. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, both sides just missing out last year and now sort of hunting, climbing those couple of spots. Being someone that's been around that, um, you know, as you said, you've come through the entrance juniors and gone back there over, over recent years. Uh, there'd be some players there that have, that have almost come through the same time at Wong and they've got quite a core that have come through and some of the guys that, you know, a few years either side of each other and even some in the same years that you guys have just had that rivalry ongoing when you're both in the Coast competition, both in Denton Engineering Cup. It's probably something that's developed over a couple of decades almost. Yeah, yeah. There's always been a massive rivalry between the entrance and Wong. Um, both, of, both of us are pretty successful clubs within that um, Central Coast competition and when Newcastle went up there for that um, stint a few years back and, and I think they ended up winning the comp up in the Newcastle comp too. But um, yeah, before we actually before both of us actually went into the um, Denton Cup, we played in both grand finals in 2018 and 2019. We ended up winning both of them against them. So, yeah, it's been a fair bit of rivalry for a while now. It'd be amazing if we if we got to the point either this year or in the years to come where, uh, I don't know if the, new, the, the old Newcastle Rugby League, as it was once sort of known, uh, purists might love it, but uh, I'm sure the Coast sides and the Coast boys would love a, a bit of bragging rights if you guys got to match up in a, in a Denton grand final in the, in the next couple of years. Yeah, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Might be a, a fair bit of travel, I'd suggest, for uh, some supporters getting up to McDonald Jones, though. <laughs> yeah, they have to. They have to. So, in in terms of this year, obviously the entrants really appear to be taking that next step, and one of the big talking points this season has been the size of the pack 
there and a number of those boys have been there, like Big Timmy and a few of those guys that have been around for a few years. But a few um, additions to the squad this year have really added some size to, to what you've got on the paddock. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like you just have to look at Miles, um, Twelly's size of the mountain. Um, and then like you have Dave as well, Dave, Big Dave for feeder. Um, and Robbie Simpson, who's played the last couple of weeks, has been really good for us in the back row. Um, yeah, just a lot more depth, really. Like um, the co- coaches kind of made a point of of going out and actually having a look around and and finding a few people, making it pretty competitive for spots as well in the in the seventeen. So our first grade sides, um, they they had a draw on the weekend as well, but they're actually coming along pretty well too. So um, yeah, our top two top two squads really are um, pretty strong. Yeah, certainly continuing to build, as you say. And uh, interesting for you, mate, uh, that that combination with Jack Burriston. We obviously had young Ethan Strange there last year who's gone on to some bigger and better things with Canberra um, and managing to you know follow his career path down there. How's that? It looks like you two are really starting to gel nicely behind that big forward pack. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah coming along pretty nicely. Um, yeah, Jackie, Jackie's getting better every week too. So um, he, he's still relatively young as well and... Um, yeah, I think he's really finding his feet in Denton Cup. Um, he was killing it in first grade last year, so it's kind of hard to hard to ignore. But I'm enjoying playing with Jack, and he's getting better every week. And I think we're also with the results coming off the back of it as well. Yeah, certainly, it would have been a nice, sweet one for him on the weekend as a uh, someone who plied his trade in the other colours previously. Yeah, yeah, well, it was actually in asking that. I totally forgot he even played for Wild. He's, he's actually he's actually played for the entrance Berkeley and Wild, so I don't know who his next side will be. Mate, I'm sure the way things are going and uh, stringing some wins together, you don't don't want him thinking about that too soon. That's for sure. No, no, it'd be good to have him around for a while. And mate, as you touched on, obviously, you know we focus in this segment on the Denton Engineering Cup, um, but your lower grade sides plying their trade still in the Central Coast Rugby League and. Uh, that's still a key pillar, I guess, of the entrance club and, and wanting to go deep there. Tookley setting the pace at the moment, but yourselves, Terrigal and Erin, I look like you're, you're nipping right at their heels at the moment. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I know at the start of the oh, the start of our preseason, um, the whole club was was really um, strong in the view of having a, a strong club, like not just in Denton Cup, but also in the representation in the local league as well. So our first grades. Um, yeah, doing a decent job at our second grade as well. They they got a really good side as well, and I think I think they've only dropped one game so far as well. So, and they uh, were runners up last year. So, yeah, I think it's just building on um, having that strong club. Like no matter what what um, competition we're playing in, um, that we're doing well. Yeah, and that probably talks back to that point you're talking about with depth as well, mate. Um, you know, the the more they're performing, I guess that's putting the pressure on you guys. Even when you're winning, that you've got to be at your best to hold your spot in in the Denton side as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the better the club goes, the better kind of footy every individual is kind of playing. Um, you know, it trickles back. You, you sign people up top who um, come from elsewhere and, and are expected to play in a higher grade. It kind of stocks the depth down down to our first grade and our reserve grade as well. So it's only beneficial for everyone in the club. Certainly is, mate. And be remiss of us not to mention your 19s there sitting second and your Blues tag, they're undefeated as well, mate. So success is uh, seeming to seep throughout the club at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Our 19s are really strong too. Um, they just got a lot of players back from SD Ball. 
think a few of them were playing for the Roosters and a couple up at Newcastle as well. So, yeah, and our, our ladies' um, league tag and the uh, t- I think the tackle's kicking off this weekend as well. So there's yeah a lot of lot of numbers of training, which is good. Shows that um, shows that like the representation across the coast it's still pretty strong for our numbers involved in rugby league, which is good. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And um, yeah, as you touched on there, there's uh, a number of those players that you'll expect to come back. I think uh, young Connor Vitano, who might have captained the Knights in um, maybe the Harold Mats as well, will probably come back into your system as well. So in those grand finals on the weekend. So good to see lots of the entrance juniors doing well, mate. But let's turn the focus back to the first grade or the Denton Cup, sorry, to, to separate out the first grade being the, the coast first grade side. A bit of an interesting scenario now, mate. We've got the bye weekend this weekend with the city-country game, but then you guys head into another bye the week after that. So that's two weeks in a row where you, you won't see any footy. The good news is you come out of that and you play another side that's, I guess, in the same boat in terms of curry-curry. They've got the uh, the two weeks off as well. So what's the focus for the next next couple of weeks while you've got a bit of a gap between games? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not too bad, actually. It's coming at a pretty decent time with... Um, that kind of block of six games and we've we managed to win more than we've lost. So um, I think tonight might be pretty light just because there's a few injuries and bumps and bruises and stuff like that from the weekend as well. But following, I think we'll just, yeah, obviously get a bit of conditioning into us and then just work on our attack and keep trying to get better with um, every session we have. So just kind of, Take, take these next couple of weeks as like really building blocks to um, kind of go into that middle period of the season where, yeah, like you said, we have Curry next and then Maitland the following week. So it doesn't get any easier and Curry's at home too. So everyone knows how tough it can be out there to win. Yeah, it's, it's an inter- interesting space in the competition. You know, a lot of people would, would think that, you know, Curry is almost a, a gimme for clubs, but you, one, you don't want to be the first team that go, either goes to Curry or plays Curry and uh, where's, where's the L? Um, but two, you can never underestimate these guys. And, and a bit like we're talking about with the entrance, welcoming some players back, they've got a couple of young guys who've got the experience now of having played in some junior representative grand finals that will come back in as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't even know that, but... Yeah, exactly. You can't. Um, every week's like really competitive. So, and at worst, like you know, the first say 50, 60 minutes is also like really tough as well. And they might dip away in the back twenty or so. But um, yeah, you you can't go into a game expecting you're going to win or run up a score on a side because they can easily just turn around and beat you. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um, in terms of things, you're now sitting fifth out of the eleven clubs, which is sort of where you, where you want to be as a minimum, I guess. If you if you're hunting finals at this point, in terms of leveraging into that next point, what are the the key things that the entrance needs to focus on? Because I know that Jamie will have you guys focusing on yourselves more so than than worrying about what all the other clubs are doing around you. What are the key things that are going to build those blocks, as you said, uh, as you once you return from that break? I think just being consistent with the way we want to play. Um, our first, our forty minutes on the in the first half was really good and I think we completed oh, I think we only might have incompleted incom- about two or three sets so it's just holding the ball and going through a process of like what we want to do in attack and where we want to be playing footy we want to, want to kind of kick the corners and put the pressure on them rather than keeping it on ourselves to try chase points at the end of the game so our, our, our attack's coming along but um, yeah just really focusing on on how we can we can um, exploit their weaknesses, kind of thing. 
Yeah, no, that, that can, could probably make sense in terms of uh, that completion piece as well. Uh, I, I do want to ask you a question, mate, about your, your illustrious leader in Jamie Forbes. Mate. We, uh, anyone that listens to the podcast that is the Matty Johns podcast would have heard some interesting <laughs> stories about Forbes in his yeah. younger days. Has is, is, is he still got that wild element to him or is he, is he a much better behaved man now that he's got the clipboard uh, full time? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a leader for a reason. First there, last time. Um, no, he, has, he hasn't. Oh, he, he is. He's, he's, he's tamer now, but I mean, I wasn't back when, wasn't around bloody 20 years ago when him and all the John's brothers knocked around together. So, I don't know. He's still pretty wild now, but yeah, he's a good man. Good man, good man to have coaching too. He certainly is, mate. Um, it, it, it's hard to believe sometimes when you think back to how long he's been around uh, coaching and playing and all the stuff that he's done and what he's achieved, especially with the entrance uh, alongside some of the other, you know, obviously having come from Cessnock, but going back to the old Jim Beam Cup days and those sorts of things as well. So his record already stands for itself, but I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to add a Dent Engineering Cup either this year or in the coming years uh, to the entrance's uh, trophy cabinet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's had a lot of success, a lot of success coaching and playing too, so... Yeah, um, I don't know how much longer he's going to have left in him, but yeah, if we could do that, it'd be unreal. Certainly would, mate. Well, we appreciate you giving up some time, mate. Enjoy the couple of week break. Uh, we look forward to uh, undoubtedly uh, seeing more shots on the entrance social media of Grant Nelson with his shirt off because it seems to be a yeah. fairly frequent occurrence over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch up with Grant when he's not uh, not as busy with work uh, later in the season as you guys go deep and push towards. Uh, the finals, and as we said, it's great to see from a Central Coast fan point of view that uh, there's two coast sides in the top five at the moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, just back on green. I don't think he's put a shirt on since uh, since that interview that he had with his shirt off. So we'll try <laughs> to work on that. Mate, maybe just invest in some body paint. He won't need a jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's pretty quick too, so might be good for us. Mate, I, I, don't know, I don't know, mate. I can't pot him too much because there's a reason he probably rocks around with his shirt off. If I look like that, I probably would too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we appreciate your time, mate. All the best uh, for the season once you get back into it after your couple of week break. And, uh, yeah, as I said, look forward to catching up with you as the uh, Tigers are making a march towards the finals uh, in sort of July and August. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks. All right, well, thanks to our major partner, Sharp DS Central Coast. It's now time to dig into the Central Coast Division Rugby League, and we are fortunate to have the captain coach of the defending premiers, the Tookley Hawks, Jake Fitzpatrick, joining us. Jake, uh, welcome to League Castle. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, no worries at all, mate. You come highly recommended, as we are just talking about uh, off-air, the uh, defending Newcastle Hunter C-grade player of the year, Reese Ryan's recommended you, mate, so I don't know if it gets much higher than that. <laughs> I think you throw me under the bus here, but... That's a good roll with it. He, he, he doesn't mind a little bit of that, Reese. He's good value um, for just throwing up some names. And uh, to be fair, he's always good with his time on the show as well. So we appreciate him uh, connecting us to you, mate. Mate, let's let's go back in time. Uh, you know, sort of six or so, or six, almost eight months now, and uh, the the momentous occasion of Tukley winning their first first grade premiership last year it was against all odds. But uh, I'm sure that the party finally has subsided just before this season kicked off. How's it been? Uh, sort of coming through that wave of Tukley winning their first premiership? Yeah, it's obviously, you know, we've been together for 55 years as a football club and, you know, we've won a couple of premierships here and there, but it's, it's sort of been, you know, Saturday League, which is the second division and things like that. So for us to get our, our first first grade premiership, it's um, obviously a long time coming, but it's it's great for 
know, a lot of people that have, you know, put a lot of time into the football club, especially the community. So um, it was it was a great atmosphere that day, that's for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I don't doubt the, uh, as I said, the party would have lasted quite a little bit around that uh, neck of the woods. It's been uh, someone who spent a bit of time down that way in my younger years. I know that sort of Tookley and Northern Lakes, who are now no longer in the first grade competition, even Budgie, where he played in, uh, some of the, those Saturday leagues that you're talking about have always sort of been in, in the shadow, I guess, of the, the likes of the Wyongs and the entrance. So it would have been very sweet for some of the locals there that have put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into the club. Yeah, oh, that's right, exactly. And, you know, it is it is hard for community clubs like Tukli and, and those sorts of clubs that, you know, at the end of the day, we're a meat raffle club that, you know, bank on sponsors and things like that. So it is, it is hard to compete against those leagues club sides, you know, year in and year out. But, you know, obviously, you know, we had the opportunity um, last year to kind of ravel up a premiership when, you know, obviously, you know, the entrance and Wong, you know, they send their better side to the Newcastle comp. But, you know, when I look back at it, sides like King Cumber, Berkeley Vale, um, sides like that that have won first grade premierships have also done that during the periods when, you know, entrants were in the Ron Massey Cup and Wong win the Newcastle comp. So, you know, at, at Tukley, at the end of the day, we're the only club in, in first grade that, you know, we've yet to win a premiership. So, you know, the community really got around it and, um, you know, a lot of the old guys and, you know, people that have been around the club for years came out of the woodwork and um, the town was buzzing for, um, for you know, a good couple of months after the grand final. So it was great. And, mate, a bit, a bit of change in terms of some of the personnel that you had on board last year to this year, but uh, you've started the season off in, in a similar fashion to the way you finished last year and... Uh, are setting the pace in, in the Central Coast Rugby League this season? Yeah, so, you know, every year there's a, a turnover, turnover of guys and things like that, and most clubs go through that. Um, you know, we had a couple of guys that, that moved away. Um, you know, we lost DJ Gould on our centre. He moved up to Queensland. Um, obviously, Chrissy Adams is back at Lakes playing first grade up there. So, you know, we, we did lose a couple of guys, but we gained a couple of guys in, in the process as well. And um, at the end of the day, I, I kind of feel like, you know, us being five and five at the moment, it's just a, a reflection of the group that I've got there. They're just, you know, really good competitors. They fight for everything. Um, they're determined. And I know, you know, it is it is difficult to get back up after winning a, um, a premiership. But, but as I said, these guys in, in the squad, they just fight for every inch. So it's, it's you know, I, I kind of feel like the attitude is, is a reflection as to why we're five and five. Yeah, certainly, mate. And in terms of that, is there any, and I, and I know you'll probably play this down, is there any talk outside of those clubs that you've talked about, the um, the entrances and wongs? You've got to go back sort of 16 years to Woi Woi going back to back. Is there any talk or any slight eye to, you know, the potential of maybe going not only having one premiership but potentially nabbing Tukli second? Yeah, I mean, you know, every side, I think, turn up the you know, day one of pre-season and, and the goal is to, to be there at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, there isn't, to be perfectly honest with you, straight up, there hasn't been too much chat about back-to-back. I, I kind of feel like a lot of the supporters and that are kind of promoting that flag a little bit as, as you know, back-to-back would be great. But amongst our squad, we really haven't mentioned too much about that. For us, it's, I know it's pretty cliche, but it's, you know, one game at a time. And I suppose we're kind of getting through that, you know, back end of the first round type thing where, you know, it is, you start to get those injuries, which we're starting to sort of get through now and things like that. So. For us, it's kind of just looking, you know, to the next week and, and sort of knocking that door down and then approaching the next week. But, you know, I think, you know, we'd be a bit unrealistic if, you know, we haven't got that, you know, goal in the back of our head to go back to back. But, you know, it would be really great to achieve. But I, there hasn't been too much chat about it. 
No, that's fair enough, mate. Um, as you say, it's a sort of week-by-week week sort of occurrence when you're playing at this level. Uh, in terms of the competition at the moment, who are those other threats? Is it the usual suspects, your Eriners, Wong, and the entrance you expect to be your challenges when the whips are cracking? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Wong, entrance, and um, Erin, are you know, three great clubs. And, you know, I forget the last time I haven't seen at least two of those three clubs um, in the semifinals. Um, I like, you know, I like to throw Woi Woi in there as well. We played them. Um, two weeks ago, and they were a very physical, tough side. Um, played them down at Woi Woi. Uh, we got away with it in the end, but, you know, that made us fight um, right up until the 80th minute. So I think they'll be there, thereabouts. And, um, you know, we're yet to play Terrigal. They're usually there, thereabouts. But, you know, as far as really pushing um, for a premiership, I, I feel like um, Aaron or Wong are probably the sides to, to beat. Yeah, we saw... Errigal and uh, Terrigal, sorry, and the entrance, getting my words tangled there, uh, play out a draw on the weekend. So they're obviously both going to be in that mix a little bit too and sit third and fourth behind yourself and entrance, uh, behind yourself and Erina uh, there in the competition at the moment. In terms of the squad, uh, new faces that have come in this season, new faces that are coming through the grade, any of the local juniors that the Tookley fans and faithful can keep an eye out for in season 23? So, um, We've got a hooker that's come through the junior system. Jack Thomas, he's been with the um, Brewster's Harold Matra um, in SG Ball for a couple of years. He's only an 18-year-old kid. Um, we lost Joshy Veacock over to England, which was our player of the year and hooker last year. He played the first couple of games and then uh, jumped on a plane to head over there, um, which is a, obviously a great opportunity for him. So Jack Thomas kind of stepped up um, into that number nine role and has been um, you know, absolutely outstanding for us. He doesn't look, you know like he's out of place, he's an out-and-out first grader, but unfortunately received a phone call today that the young fellas broke his ankle on the weekend, so kind of lost him for a you know a couple of months now. But um, another fella, Benny Neville, he's, uh, we've got him over from the entrance. He's an outside back. He's been you know one of our, our best players all season. He's just tough, gets us out of trouble when we need it. Um, but as far as you know, our squad, it's we've kind of retained a lot of last year's core, which is great. So uh, for us, it's just next man up. We, you know, there's not really any standouts. But, you know, if I had to put it, um, name a couple of guys, it'd be those two guys. Yeah, well, Ben sitting only one try off the leaders after a double last week, mate. So I'm sure he'll uh, keep on trying to pile on the tries out wide. A guy I do want to ask you about, and he's a man who's been around um, Newcastle Rugby League, Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League and a Central Coast Rugby League. And, He's renowned as uh, a little bit of a character, but absolute workhorse up front. He's big Kenny Tawada, mate. Uh, what does that experience bring to the club and having him on board for another season? Yeah, Kenny's a great fella. He's, you know, a real good clubman. Um, he coaches our women's tackle side as well. So he's really invested in the club. Um, you know, as far as his footballing goes, I, I feel like this year he's even better than he was last year. And it's, it's funny because he is sort of getting on a little bit with his age, but you know, he's probably the core of our middle. Um, a lot of the younger guys look up to him. He's tough. Um, he gets us going forward. Um, he is a bit of an intimidating fellow because he is he's quite the large human. But um, as far as him around our football club, he's been a massive value for us, particularly off the field because he's such a good fellow. But I don't think... I think the older he gets, his footy's getting better. So um, I think he wanted to hang him up last year when we won, but we got him back on board and I feel like this year he's really going to really knock the door down. I think this year's going to be his best year. I love it, mate. It's good to see some of those uh, forwards that, you know, probably 
apply their trade on pure aggression when they first make their way through the bigger bodies and they get a bit wiser about how to channel it and play with play within the bounds of uh, the men in the, men in, uh, in the middle with the whistle and those sorts of things. And as someone who's refereed Kenny before, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, something that as he's gotten, I guess, more experience, he's certainly really found the nuance of that. Yeah, that's for sure. As I said, like, just a calm head experience. He's been there before, especially in the big games. Um, you know, he rarely ever makes an error. Um, he's just just a guy that you need need around the, the football club. And, you know, we are a young side and a lot of our middles are, are younger guys. So I think just Kenny's presence there just lifts those guys, which obviously lifts us as a football side. So, yeah, he's, um, his presence is invaluable, that's for sure. Now, last week, uh, obviously a good round for the club up against Berkeley Vale and uh, pretty much a clean sweep of the, the four grades that you had playing the women's tackle yet to kick off their season. They've got round one this weekend with a bye, unfortunately for them, so they'll wait another week. But how do you build that into the week to come? Um, a bit of a mixed bag, I guess, in terms of opponents that the girls' league tag take on King Cumber um, and then all the way through to, I guess, the, uh, the first grade fixture, which will also be King Cumber. You've got your minor bunnies game in there as well. Uh, how do you continue to build that momentum? What's the focus for this week? Yeah, so um, obviously our first grade started the season, you know, pretty well. And I think reserve grade struggled there for a couple of weeks. And our open grade, um, you know, they're getting better every week. So for us to turn up there on the weekend and, and obviously win four grades, it's, it's outstanding. And, you know, a lot of clubs probably struggle to win um, all grades on one day. So it's obviously a great achievement for our club. So, as long as we're improving every week, um, I think most grades will be there about. Um, obviously, King Cumber, you know, a pretty big uh, footy club. And, you know, I know Brad Bennett, um, he's the, the head coach of that club and he's a great fella. He loves his footy. So I know that they'll turn up uh, for the fight, particularly in, in, in all grades. And, you know, your minor are sort of there about. So I haven't sort of delved too, too much into how, how the open um, competition's going. So. You know, obviously the goal's there again to win another four grades. Like we'd be silly to think, you know, that you know we're going to get beat in, in in all grades or anything like that. But you know, as long as we're improving um, every week, um, you know, and I know we're sort of hit that middle period as I, I mentioned earlier through injuries and that. So as long as we're sticking strong and, and things like that, I you know I kind of I'd like to think that you know we're we should push for another four grades. Um, but you know, anything can happen, I suppose, on game day. Yeah, great to see you setting the bar high. And just quickly before we let you go and we'll wrap up with your tips on the other game, how, how good is it from your point of view? I mean, you touched on the community club point of view to see the likes of Arimba and your minor building back into the lower grades and coming through, I guess, those clubs that are, are legacy history clubs of the Central Coast Division. Yeah, so, you know, I was born and raised on the Central Coast. I've lived here my whole life. So the last thing I ever want would to, uh, would see the Central Coast um, competition diminish um, you know, I think it's a, it's great to see clubs like your minor and Arimba that are coming back in. Um, it'd be great to see Northern Lakes back in and hopefully one day Budgie Boy can get a senior club because, you know, the more clubs that we're getting um, into the Central Coast competition, um, it's obviously just going to set us up for, you know, a stronger um, competition as, as we get older and obviously the juniors coming through. Like We need to set a good pathway um, across the board for Central Coast Rugby League, but you know, as you said, a lot of them are foundation clubs. I know your minor was strong early um, in the 90s. And Arimba, when I first came into grade, were one of the top sides to beat um, along with the entrance. So, you know, I really hope those clubs can, can um, get some guys back and, and start to um, get some depth throughout their club because, 
as I said, it's just it'll just strengthen the Central Coast competition, and that's what we all strive to to achieve. So it'll be great to see. Yeah, certainly great with the Rimber. I think, off uh, if memory serves me correctly, they, they still hold the record for the most first grade premierships in the Central Coast competition. So good to see them building back and in the Coast competition also with a second side, a second men's side in the Newcastle and Hunter. And as you said. Budget where they've got the senior comps, senior side in the Newcastle and Hunter, so hopefully they can build that into pushing back towards the uh, top tier and we can see some more sides emerge. But let's focus on this weekend ahead, mate. Obviously, we know you're tipping Tukli to prevail at 2.30 at Darren Kennedy Oval and it'll be a cracking day out there on Sunday. The other games, though, Wyong up against Berkeley Vale, mate. You saw Berkeley Vale last week. They're, um, I guess, in a little bit of a rebuilding phase, a bit like King Cumber, and we had Brad on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be a big job for them to head to Murray Breen and try and take the chocolates. Yeah, we played, as I said, we played Berkeley Vale this week, uh, last weekend and, you know, they competed pretty well early. You know, they've got a big forward pack um, and, as you said, they are a rebuilding club and um, I just think it's always a tough day when you travel to Wong and, you know, they're coming off a, a pretty big loss against Erinner and they'll be, you know, really looking to bounce back. So, I, yeah, I think Wong, you know, it'll be tight early but I think Wong will end up running away with it. Next up, mate, we've got... Um the entrance heading down to Woi Woi and the entrance in an unfamiliar position. They haven't tasted victory for three rounds, having uh, lost to yourselves and Erin and then drawn with Terrigal last week. They'll be smarting and uh, Woi Woi are going to have a, uh, a big uh, job cut out at 245 defending Woi Woi Oval. Yeah, so Woi Woi um, got beat by Tinkumber on the weekend, which I didn't see coming and um, the entrance had a draw. So I think both clubs are pretty desperate for a win. Uh, when you look at the ladder, I think they're five and two, maybe, or five and four, or something like that. So, um, based on we've played both of those clubs away, and I felt like we we were were more physical and 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 a stronger a stronger side. But you know, I I really do rate the entrance. They're a great football club, uh, but I just think we we might get away in a tight one. We we at home, I like it. And the final one, this one's a really interesting one. It is. Uh the Erin Eagles hosting the Terrigal Sharks. It's second, plays fourth. I'm, I'm sure you'd love if uh, Terrigal could knock off Erin and give you a little bit of breathing room should you get your win uh, at home on the weekend. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I just think Erin, um, in the last couple of years, they've really sort of built a bit of a fortress down there at Erin Oval. It is a pretty difficult place to travel to. Um, you know, but again, Terrigal are you know, pretty hungry from um, where they're sitting on the ladder. But I just think, Aaron, uh, they're starting to hit a bit of form. Um, you know, they've only dropped the one game. And um, I think once the season starts to get on, they'll, they'll be they'll be a very tough side to um, beat. So I, I think Aaron will win that one. Yeah, they certainly look a pretty handy side with Nick Newman and Cameron Davies in the halves. And we know the experience Newman brings at Aaron. So uh, he'll undoubtedly steer them around well for the year. Well, mate, we appreciate your time. All the best for the weekend. Hopefully, uh, for your sake, you can back up with another clean sweep, which will continue buoying the spirits there at Darren Kennedy. And, uh, yeah, appreciate your time on the show tonight. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Right, well, thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services. It's time to dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And as we make our way through the grades, we're through to the C grade south this week. And uh, an interesting little competition. Seven teams in there at the moment. A bit of a range of sides and some mixed results. But we're fortunate enough to be joined uh, by a man who's no stranger to the show. And he's now back in the Lakes United Colours. He's none other than their coach, Aaron Morris. Chop, welcome back to League Castle. Thanks, mate. Always your pleasure. 
certainly is, mate. Um, it's uh, almost full circle for you and I, mate. Uh, when you and I first crossed paths, you were uh, giving me grief in blue and yellow, and then we gave lots of people grief together at the same time in blue and yellow for a season, and you're back at the Seagulls. Yeah, mate. Um, Bubba hit me up at the end of last year to come back, and um, probably just too good of an opportunity to pass up and go back and finish where it all started. Mate, um, is any truth in the rumour that with um, the moving on of Jimmy Newburn, they needed another sort of, you know, old past his prime front rower who'd um, come in and chime in for little windows off the bench and uh, eat the place out of KFC? Well, yeah, it's pretty... uh, Speaks for itself, doesn't it? Same body shape, same body speed, same leg drive, I meant. One of them's a much better bloke than the other. I'll let let, let the listeners figure out which one's which, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good race. Yeah, that's an easy one to work out, mate. I reckon I beat Jimmy straight to the uh, KFC lineup every day of the week. Yeah, you certainly beat him there, mate. And uh, the fact that you um, don't go off and uh, pretend to be an AFL player in between rugby league seasons probably gives you a few points of kudos with our listeners too. Yeah, for sure, mate. Mate, uh, in terms of a bit of a changing of the guard too, quite a, a I guess, a refresh of the, the squad there at Lakes. Um, a few of the boys that have come up from Swansea as well, but... Uh, Still lots of ties into the local area in terms of the, the junior players that are there. Um, lots of guys that are from the area, which is always a, a key pillar of the lake side. Yeah, it's been good, mate. Um, Hugo and Troy Potts done a pretty good job with these boys for the last few years. So I've just sort of come in on the back of their coattails. And um, the young fellas that they've had there have all stuck around. And they're just all junior boys that have all been mates for a long time. So it's um, it's been pretty uh, easy transition to come in. They're all a good bunch of boys. Everyone gets along. And that's pretty much what you want in a pub for your team, just everyone to get along. And Unfortunately, that Swansea thing happened and they, they sort of couldn't field a team. So a couple of the boys come up and it worked out really well for us because it filled a couple of holes that we needed to, to fix. So, so far, so good, but it's only early. Certainly is, mate. Uh, unfortunately for you guys, you... Um, the, the the ironically named Duck Pond got washed out in round one and you couldn't get a game on. Uh, I did see someone comment on social media saying they thought that, uh, you know, surely ducks would have been the uh, preferential animal in that in that weather, basically. Yeah. We did try and move it to our ground just after the way last season went with the weather. I thought if we can get a game, we should, we should get on. But um, they weren't too keen on losing a home game to the girls, I believe. Some, something along them lines, but yeah. It would have been good to get a run, but it is what it is. And I'm not too sure, but I think we should be playing them next week. I think that's a washout round set of yeah, it is, so. Yeah, so it's look, looking at Play Rugby League, 13th of May at 4.30. It'll be uh, nice and chilly at Learmonth under all the shade shade of the trees there, mate. Um, you'll be under lights by full time, which is probably a better temperature for the for the uh, young bodies rather than the old ones that start to seize up in the cold. I don't think I've played at Learmonth since I was 15, so I don't remember too much about the field itself. So, yeah. Be good. We'll just get out, get it done, and get some uh, blue cans into it. I was going to say the, the great, the great thing about the Ducks boys, mate, is they're always keen for a drink after the game. Uh, and I know you and the boys will be uh, certainly happy to uh, join them for a, a boat race, etc. After the match. Yeah, always a good time. Mate, uh, let's let's have a look at round two though. Um, a nice win at home at Carl Oval at the uh, bright early time that uh, the uh, C grade play out there at Carl when everyone's at home over Budgie Boy. Happy to kick the season off in round two with a win. Yeah, it was good. Um, we jumped out to a 16-point lead pretty quick, and I think the boys just got a little bit too composed, and um, Budgie really fought back and stuck it to us, and they made a real game of it, actually. So um, we only had two trials, and they were 320s, 
each trial. So um, as the game went on, fatigue sort of kicked in, and so it was. It was good to grind out a win. I think twenty-two fourteen we ended up. So yeah, it was good to just hang in there and instead of just run the way of the game and getting a bit too cocky too early. Good little uh, learning curve for the young fellas, I think. Yeah, certainly would have been uh, up against a side that's normally reasonably physical and they're generally pretty good in terms of C grade. Most of the team's 80 minutes isn't always their forte, but Budgie always seem to just keep on coming in this competition when they've been in the sort of Bs and C grades in recent years. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, when you get the rematch, if you do, mate, uh, how that one shapes up. In terms of the competition, though, uh, there's lots of talk, obviously, with the sides above having pulled out with Woodbury and Awabakal. Uh, lots of talks about regrades, and it, it's really hard to, I guess, get a measure when you've got some of the sides like yourselves. You only played one game. Hamilton, a washout and a bye, and then you've got you know 38 nil, 24 nil score lines. The uh, the league's certainly going to have their work cut out for them figuring out how all these uh, pieces fit together to get a um, fairly harmonious competition after the regrades. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be tough this year because I'm still not sure why they took four games off, but um, 14 rounds. If you're going to regrade, if someone's going to go down, it doesn't give them many games to catch up to make up them points on the ladder. So I think if they are going to regrade, they're going to have to do it pretty soon or they're just going to have to leave it with what they've got and hope they've done good enough. You'd have to think with that washout round, that's probably the uh, the likely spot because there shouldn't be too many games with the weather we've got predicted this weekend that'll add to, I think, yours being basically the sole washout so far. So hopefully, um, you know, that's when they, they make the prompt decision and figure out whatever it is because, as you say, it's either a massive leg up for teams that go up and then end up, you know, above above probably where their pecking order is in a competition if you're going up after four or five rounds and you've got ten points to your name and then you're really a mid, mid to lower table team or vice versa and, you know, you're six or eight points behind fifth spot already if you're, if you're down behind. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, mate. But hopefully this weekend a full, full round and uh, we can get a real eye on, um, I guess, what it looks like and what the scope's going to be for the competition moving forward. Uh, in terms of your side, mate, uh, who are those, um, you talked about the, the young core, who are some of the young guys that uh, might not be familiar to um, the, the fans of certainly Newcastle and Hunter, but even Lakes United up in the upper grades that are really starting to impress after after one hit out and, and the bit of pre-season you've had? Um, the halfback and captain William Squires is a really good player. He's just a real cool head and um, he just controls the team. I just sort of sit back and let him run everything, mate. He, he's a good young, good young kid. Um, he's been pretty impressive and then um, they picked up uh, one of their mates, Josh Kennard, a forward. Um, he's been really good for us, but he's been sort of going up as well. So how long he stays with us, I'm not too sure. Uh, he probably is a little bit too good for pub footy, but I'm happy to have him whenever I get him. And um, young Kai Ballard come back this week. It was his first game back with us. And he was really impressive in the middle. He just played in at lock and... Just a big motor and a big mouth. He just didn't shut up all game, which was good. In them tight games, and everyone was getting a bit busted. He just kept pushing the boys through. So um, them three boys probably are the standouts for me so far, along with a couple of boys that come from Swansea, which I already knew what I was getting with Cranny and Sauce. But, um, yeah, no, so far so good, mate. And uh, what about the experience, mate, a bloke that you know reasonably well and Jed Cooper um, just sort of chiming in there out of the nine jersey won't hurt either during the year? Nah, Mate, that's probably the most important position in a pub comp, isn't it? Well, nearly every comp, but if you can have a, a pretty classy nine there, it, it gets you on the front foot pretty good. And um, playing off the back of like Gus Crosby and Josh Kennard's play the balls, Jed can just run when he sees something. So he's got a little bit of match fitness to make up, but he's going to be very dangerous for us later in the year, which is good. 
And then um, my old mate Toddy Drys, I pulled him out of retirement after 17 years. And uh, he's been playing in 5 8, and he's been pretty impressive actually for 17 years out of the game. So it's good to um, put the boots on with him again. Great to see Drysy back in those lakes colours, mate, and uh, that'll uh, have a few uh, people double, taking a double take when they roll in at 10.30 in the morning seeing Drysy there because, uh, as you say, it's been quite a while. Uh, any, any other uh, surprise cameos? It looks like you're reasonably deep for numbers at the moment, but um, are we are likely to see any other surprise cameos or are you going to keep those under your hat for the for the foreseeable future? Oh, no, we'll just wait and see, mate. Like I said, Hugo and um, Troy Potts have had this team down here for a few years and the main thing... I wanted to do. I didn't want to come in and just bring in a heap of people and make those young fellas feel like um, I was just going to bring my mates in and look after my mates. It's, they've already got a team that was pretty pretty solid down there. So we just wanted to um, build off them and see what we needed and then recruit around that, which so far has been good. So, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen in grade football with first grade and reserve grade, but we might lose players and I might pull a few, uh, few rabbits out of the hat as usual. But, um, until they're needed, we'll probably just we're pretty happy with what we've got at the moment. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully as much as much as it'd be great fun to uh, see some of those uh, people in your broader network, shall we say, uh, drag those jerseys back on. Uh, hopefully it's not required, mate. But uh, I'm sure there'd be lots of Lakes fans if you uh, drop a couple of halves or anything, mate. The, the bloke with the reserve grade clipboard, they'd like to see him back out there. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shep's, Shep's, uh, I don't think he's too keen on it anymore. It'd be good to get uh, Shep's up and Brads back on the field for a game again, but. You never know. It's a long season and it's only early. Well, Broads is much more aerodynamic than last time um, he was playing his trade regularly when, when you and I were down at Lakes, mate. So uh, put him out on a, out on a wing and uh, see, see what that new hairdo can do. Well, he's pushing for three months off the pitch, so he probably fitted in most of the young fellas at the moment. Yeah, well, with some of the other names that are making comebacks across the competition, mate, he wouldn't be out of place, uh, including one of your mates who uh, was uh, missing in action last week for Budgie the illustrious Jason McKenzie, uh, Maybe maybe he just had nightmares about Carl Oval and last time he played there on Old Boys Day last year, mate. Yeah. But he didn't even make make it out of the warm up, did he? I think no. he got his hands been warming up, so he might have some demons to face there and he just wanted to avoid them, but no, it would have been good because I went went down and played at North Lakes with Mac the other year and that's where I met Jez, who captain coach at Budgie Boy, so it was good playing Jez out there on Saturday and having a bit of a laugh with him but I just sort of take it as a bit of fun now, it's not, not, not too serious and it's always good to come up against your mates and, and play them silly games out there with each other, but yeah, yeah always good. There after, it's all good. Always good when you can cross paths with some um, old foes or friends out there, mate, um, and, and reunite those rivalries, friendships and all of the above, which is a great thing about the pub, pub comps, isn't it? You know, some of the, the faces too, you, you pop up at a ground and you don't realise someone's even pulling on the boots somewhere and... It was the same for me, even refereeing some of the people you, you wander around and you you see pop up. And yeah, look, I'm uh, as we touched about before. I'm looking forward to uh, getting down, hopefully, to Budgie later in the year and being uh, around the Budgie Lakes game because knowing yourself and Macker, I'm sure there'll be plenty of entertainment and um, plenty of hot air and um, then blue cans sunk afterwards. Yeah, as long as Macker lets them know it's all tongue in cheek, so I can get out of there alive. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly right, mate. Um, I dare say he'll be keeping himself pretty clean in that six jersey if he's wearing it again. That's for sure. Yeah, I might even just hold the clipboard that game, I think. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Well, a big thank you to you um, for coming on tonight, mate. Before we wrap up, we'll get your thoughts on round three really quickly. Obviously, we know uh, heading out to the Grange, mate, that's going to be a, uh, a nice initiation for some of your young boys uh, 
they, uh, it's not quite what it used to be, but they certainly uh, let you know when you get out there at the Grange. And Walls and Maryland are in some pretty good form, so you'll have your work cut out, but I'm sure you're tipping uh, a Seagulls victory over the Tigers. Yeah, mate, I'm actually looking forward to going back out there. It's 2013-2014 when I first came in over to Belmont. We had a pretty good rivalry with Maryland, so it was always a very uh, colourful day over there. Some uh, choice words said from the crowd, which was I actually enjoyed. I think it's part of pub footy, and you get a laugh out of it. You, you've got it, don't you? Yep. You couldn't go out there and take anything to heart. It's all it's all fun. So um, I'll see you, uh, Lowy, and Lowy, and that is still running around over there. So it'll be good. Yeah, mate, there's still a few of those those, those old vet, we can get away old veterans. And, and one other piece I'll touch on uh, before we wrap up as well is, is a Friday night and a veteran bring up a milestone, a man who you'll know. Uh, but the other games this weekend, mate, uh, Shortland versus Hamilton. This one will be interesting. It's hard to sort of know. Shortland have been in pretty good form, and I know you know a couple of boys over there. Hamilton, we're yet to see them, but they're always sort of there or thereabouts. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm going to do a driveway for one of the Shorty boys on Friday, actually, and I was having a chat with him the other day about his teams, but... He said they're looking pretty strong. They've got um, all the two-poos in that back, I think he said. So they usually got a pretty big pack and they're pretty hard to handle. So um, I'd probably back Shorty there. I think by the look at their score lines and the sounds of the boys that they've recruited, they'll be um, a pretty tough team to beat this year. They're probably the benchmark this early in the year that I'm sort of looking at, thinking that's the, that's the team. But as you say, it is very early and anything can happen. Yeah, they certainly look like the pace setters. At the other end of the table at the moment, Arimba, they had a bye and then uh, came uh, up against a red-hot Shortland side last week and they take on Budgeoy in the, in the Battle of the Coast out at Buff Point Oval. Uh, you have to think Budgeoy at home will probably head into this one as uh, slight favourites, but you just don't know after having only seen one hit out from Arimba. Yeah, we sat back and had a beer with the Budgeoy boys on Saturday and they said a fair few of their players are now playing down there. So it should be a good game. There should be a bit of feeling in it, but... Um yeah, Buddy just didn't go away on the weekend, so I'm going to stick with Buddy to get the win there. They are, they just, they've got a couple of big forwards that are pretty hard to handle and they hit pretty hard, so once they hit a roll on, and um, I know they had a fair few boys out on Saturday as well, so I'll be back and Buddy at Buddy. And uh, are we going to be seeing you, mate, Friday night, all the A-grade games, Windale at home against Uni and uh, Dreads, as he's affectionately known, Josh Brett, racking up his 200th game uh, in the Windale colours, which is no mean feat in the A-grade, mate. Oh, it's hard for me to go to games like that and not drink, and I've got to play the next day. So I've got probably one of the biggest rubber arms in the league. I know there'd be a lot of them out there, but yeah, I can very easily get caught up in uh, sitting in someone's shed till 2am. So it might be best for me to avoid it, but yeah, I, I might also get yelled at by the missus, so I might just sneak up there to get away from that too. Yeah, we'll see, see how the domestic cards play out, mate. But, um, yeah, that's, I guess, no mean feat. Um, I know Matty Garrick will probably bring up um, another milestone later this season as well, but no mean feat for some of these boys who have pulled on the jersey that many times, especially when you look at the fact that the Newcastle and Hunter season generally a little bit shorter. It's a long time committed to their club out there. Yeah, yeah it's good to see that they actually got the numbers. It was a bit, um, bit of a shame when they were looking like going down and Fonty went down. It was just two clubs that have been in the comp for 50-plus years. It's, not a good look for the local area, but um, I'm hearing they've, they've got 30-odd numbers up there now, which is pretty good. So Zach's done pretty well to turn it around from where they were in, in the, over a month. So that's good. Hopefully they um, string a few wins together and have a good year. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a little bit of a building from chatting to Matty Garrick and a couple of others 
Uh, but yeah, they've, they've roped every man and his dog back out of retirement. Some uh, a very illustrious or um, infamous crew of who's who with Josh Brett, Corey Baker, Heath Donahue leading the charge in terms of people who are going to hang up the boots and have come back, mate. But at least two of those three are far too young to be uh, talking about retirement yet. Yeah, Bakesy and Heath, you still got it, mate. Especially Bakesy, he um, he tore us to pieces last year in that final. So I was a bit shocked when they were all saying they were going to retire. Like, way too young. Yeah, well, too fun. It is indeed, and Matty Garrick has to be uh, rolling out again because we know how much he loves a Mad Monday, as uh, plenty of us do. So, mate, good to see Windale back on the paddock, as you said. Best of luck to you for the weekend. Hopefully, Windale, from um, your sake, I'm sure you're wishing them the best for Friday night. And, um, yeah, all the best for you guys for the trip out to the, the Grange. Hopefully, it's a, a spirited crowd giving you plenty of stick and, um, yeah, giving you some, I guess, some chop about uh, managing to squeeze into what's undoubtedly a tight number on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, I might wear the fake glasses with the moustache and nose, so I don't remember who I am. But it's the safest bet. <laughs> well, thanks, mate, and all the best for the weekend. No worries. Thanks, mate. That brings us to a close for another episode of League Castle. A big thank you to all of our guests, Will Pearsall, from the Entrance Tigers, Jake Fitzpatrick from the Tookley Hawks and Aaron Chop-Morris from Lakes United. Also, a big thanks as always to the excellent co-host that is Josh Spiegelman, the stats man. And a big thanks to our partners, Sharp Deer Central Coast, Lake Macquarie Forklift Services, Shipley Meets at Rutherford. They're all big parts of what we are able to deliver to you and we'd love it if you could support the businesses that support us and support us delivering local rugby league content every week live and loud to your eardrums so a big thanks again to all of them and a big thanks to you for tuning in make sure you get out enjoy the local footy this weekend obviously no Newcastle Rugby League no Knights but plenty of Newcastle on the Hunter Group 21 and of course Central Coast Rugby League and we've got the City Country with plenty of Newcastle players playing in that down at Net Strata Jubilee on the weekend as well so all the best to all the Rebels players playing for country and representing us proudly and also to the Newcastle match officials who are all appointed down there as well we've got four Newcastle match officials so well done to Cameron Mitchell, Tom Lidbury, Nathan Hillier and Braden Hunt, who will be officiating on the days down there. So uh, looking forward to seeing how all of our local contingent perform. But as I said, enjoy your local footy, and we look forward to bringing you plenty of local footy content again next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Castle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.